Welcome to Style Section, the Wise Guy Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And here's where things get real bad. Like, for, for all we've had to say about how terrible the fourth season is, we were surprisingly complimentary about the stuff they were trying to do and the stuff they were touching on and the stuff they could have accomplished in those first three episodes. The two-parter, like the two-hour one, and then Black Gold and The Gift, right? And then... And then, like, have you ever seen a show so desperate to just dump out of a story and a setting as you do these two episodes? They're like, we've just got to hit the reset button on this whole thing (laughs) immediately. And it's so jarring and awfully written and everything happens way too fast and out of nowhere. Like, this is... These two episodes are a disaster. Garbage. Just garbage. (laughs) I, I I just finished watching them. Yeah. Okay? I watched them today after I got home from work. Yeah. Um, and I just went and I got my Lily's Garden. Nice. And I played my Lily's Garden while I was listening to the second one. Yeah. <laughs> I went and I moved away. I didn't even have to watch it. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, you've seen nothing it before. To watch. No, there's nothing to watch. It's just exposition on top of exposition on top of exposition. And stupidity, and let's get out of this fast, and Cecil Hoffman saved the day, and okay. All right, fine. This Murphy, this was what messy two episodes. It is. It's just messy as hell. And it accomplishes, like, it just, whatever good they could have done talking about the way that the United States, and that's what that first episode seems like it's going to be about, the way the United States, uh, you know, how shall I put this, exploits anti-communist sentiment to have their economic power, right? And to just basically do whatever they want because these people are so fervently anti-communist that they will let them get away with anything. And as long as it works, as long as the CIA gets everything it wants, i.e., you know, brutal dictatorships set up in Central America, they don't care what these guys do. You know, they'll deal with drug dealers. They'll deal with whoever they want. I was just listening to a podcast yesterday about, you know, the Unification Church and how it funded every right-wing death squad that happened in Central America from the 70s to the 90s. Like, it was all the Unification Church at teaming up with the CIA. Which, by the way, the Weird. degree to which the Unification Church is, you know, kit and caboodle, a creation of the Korean CIA, is kind of amazing. Like, if you look at the records of it, like, yeah, basically, some young moon has always been a Korean CIA asset his entire life. And of course, a lot of the time, you know, during the fascist dictatorship, that's when, by the way, after the fascist dictatorship ended, that's when he kind of cut times with CIA. But being in the Korean CIA meant that you were also teamed up with the regular CIA. <laughs> so yeah, like the Unification Church with all the crazy stuff you hear about, yeah, they're basically just the CIA. 
<laughs> They're also a doomsday cult led by an insane person. I mean, that's a fact, but they're also just the CIA. It's very fascinating if you go into their history, but that's that's what this show could have been about, okay? Yeah. <laughs> that's well, not what yeah. the show's about. Yeah, the Cuban equivalent of... Yeah, and you've got the conservatives, the hardline conservatives, got back in to power Yeah, South Korea this week Oof. with less than 1%. Of a of margin? Yeah. Oh. Less than 1%. Damn. That shows you how divided South Korea is. Yeah, I had no idea. But anyway, we're this is not the Korea podcast. We talk enough about Korea in all of our other episodes. Uh, but yeah, that is disappointing to hear that right-wingers have come in. Because, you know, fascist dictatorship. <laughs> feel like people should have learned the lesson of that fascist dictatorship. And yes. kept them the hell away from leadership, but you know. But this guy, this guy is a pros- was a prosecutor. He wasn't a general. Of course, and okay. now he's anti-corruption and blah 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 blah. That's what they all say. Yeah, and now you and yeah. Well, yes. All you have to do is watch Korean TV. Oh <laughs> yeah, and we do. <laughs> it's obviously a real problem among the literate. prosecuting. Yeah, they, they don't like the prosecutor class. Uh, As we've seen in show after show. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Cuba and how this show, like, had... Yeah, well, no, it copped out. It really copped out of trying to, and oh my God, the excuses they are making for, like, the anti-cat, like, the the evils and the excesses of the anti-Castro thing later in this these episodes it's it's just disgusting but anyway let's let's start with the beginning of the episode where i got one thing good to say oh please go it's not as bad as beyond borders (laughs) well no what could be (laughs) oh and that's the thing it's like uh, (laughs) we have such fondness for criminal minds and yet such hatred for the woman who uh ran criminal minds for 10 years and the answer is well we don't hate her because of what she did on criminal minds (laughs) No, that was the problem. What she did in Criminal Minds is dumb and bad and just awful in any number of ways. That's not why we hate her. We hate her because of Beyond Borders, this nightmarish piece of right-wing imperialist <laughs> propaganda yeah. pretending to be a cop show. Yeah. You know, hi, here's Cultural Genocide, the show. Yeah. If and you this- were just like America, everything would be fine. My God. Yeah. Oh my God! And this is why I cannot abide to even look at this FBI international show that's on now. Oh God, I know. I I, I can't imagine. Why would they try that again? Yeah, after I, the last I, I, time. I know, I know. I'm right there with you. But anyway, uh, so it, the episode starts with them explaining <laughs> what the lead was about, which, as it turns out, it is all a wonderfully elaborate. Um, uh, money laundering operations. Yeah. So, which is they pretend uh, they uh, essentially, and I mean, you need a couple of extra things. It helps that he runs a bank and he owns a gold exchange and he owns a, a line of jewelry stores. Thank you. Thanks to the CIA. Thanks to the CIA who put him in all of these businesses for this exact purpose to give them a way to clean their money. He just also does it for the Medellin drug cartel. 
And that's, you know, and again, canonically within the show, the CIA has no problem with this whatsoever. They know everything he's doing and they have no problem with any of it. And the show does not dwell on that in the way it freaking should. I know. So what happened to the CIA guy, you know? (laughs) He shows up. He shows up in this episode. But for a second, blink and you miss him. Like, that was supposed to be a big part of the friggin' story arc, is that they're operating against what the CIA wants. The CIA and the FBI are coming into conflict. But anyway, so what happens is, uh, so they take, um, they take the lead bars, and they essentially have a corrupt gold mine in uh, South Africa. By the way, easiest thing in the world to find, a corrupt South African business, like... Can't imagine anything easier to locate for your purposes. But anyway, so they find a corrupt gold mine in South Africa and they say, pretend you're selling us gold. You don't have to send us anything. You just need to send us shipping documents that say that you sent us. We run an airline, so we'll just, you know, and we pay off customs guys. So we'll say we're bringing in loads of gold and we just won't do it. But we'll give you a little bit of money to say we are. Yeah. Right, and it's it's a good deal, and so they pretend to bring in gold, and they pretend to de- drop the money, out, sell the money at the gold exchange, and then they pretend to b- do that, and essentially they're turning all of these profit on gold that they're selling to their own jewelry stores, and then selling the jewelry as, and that is all of the drug money. Like it's a really good system for laundering money. And it's a really a good system. A lot of money, as he says, it's a it's more than a million dollars a day. They are uh, moving through this system. It's a fantastic system. And then he gets 5%. So he's getting, that doesn't sound like a lot. That's $50,000 a day uh, to run this operation, which isn't fantastic. But as he says, I, I take a surprisingly small cut, like much more than a, much less than a money launderer normally would, because what I'm really doing is taking all of that money and using it to run my investment bank. Because, you know, I've got hundreds, of, you know, a hundred million dollars of cartel money just sitting in a bank and I can use that to make investments. And that is what, uh, and that is what Miss Stein's job is to go and make those investments, right? In order to do it, uh, in order to turn the drug money into completely clean, legitimate money of his, it's a great plan. And of course, Michael's only thought is, so she knows she's trading drug money. And of course, Guzman's like, of course not. She thinks it's a couple of pension funds. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So yeah, there's, there's no moral questions about Miss Stein. <laughs> Whatsoever. Like, let that completely out of your mind right now. Miss Stein is, com- you know, totally babe in, in the her. woods innocent. Yeah. Of all of this. You know, get that out of your head right now. And so what does Michael do? He immediately just walks over and tells her it's drug money. (laughs) And that is how quickly all of this wraps up. Because all it takes to destroy this entire empire is to have one bad week of trading, which, like, like, makes the head of the Medellin drug cartel come in person to threaten him because they lost... Uh, want two weeks worth of laundered drug money. Seriously? (laughs) And I'm like, 
they don't even establish how the guy knows that they lost the money. It's his investment bank that lost the money. The guy doesn't, there's no even reason to suspect that the guy is watching the accounts of that, but they expect us to believe. Yeah, I know. This guy gets quarterly accounts. Exactly, of where his money is. And this is $12 million he lost in one week once. (laughs) And suddenly he's sneaking into the country? And he wants his money back. Immediately? Like, what? Are you fleeing? Are you giving up the drug cartel? It's like, it's so preposterous. And it's like, it would, it's, it's what should be at the end of like six months of planning and execution. It should be. And it all happens in the course of three scenes. The head of the drug cartel, P.S. the same head of the drug cartel that Michael failed to put in jail all of those years ago and destroyed his career, right? Uh, So same guy. What a happy coincidence, (laughs) right? Although we will find out it's not a coincidence, but that's that's for a little later on. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so it's like immediately he shows up with a bunch of muscle men to say, you know, get me my money right now or I'll kill all of you. I'm like... Okay, so the, the all subtlety is gone. All, like, everything has just been stripped out of this show. They are just desperate to rush to the end. And it's frustrating as hell. Well, it's just because everything's, like, when I watch these two episodes, I'm just going, oh, yes, this is why we hate the fourth season. Yeah, because of how, like, you get to the end of the gift. You get to the end of the gift and you're like, they might actually be able to do something with his relationship with Guzman. And like what the, like what Guzman meant to him while his father was locked up and like how this guy was the architect of who he is as a person and like how he's the guy who got him into, uh, you know, got him into the uh, becoming a powerful lawyer and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and really developed the relationship between Michael and this villain. And then... That is what is promised that they're going to do in The Gift. And then they just fast forward past all of the relationship and character building they're supposed to do. Because they're so desperate to get to the end of the story. It's just, like, it is just absurd. It's no wonder all of a sudden it lost all its viewers. Oh, God. Because this is so bad. These two episodes are so bad. Yeah. That even, even people who just kind of watch TV and let it go. They may not know why they did, didn't bother turning it on again. But, yeah. You know? But, you know, like, you know, people don't necessarily think about it. They just go, oh, this isn't worth watching. And they don't bother watching anymore. And I'm yeah. sure if we looked at the stats that that would bear be born. Oh, I'm, I'm not shocked at all. Like, I would not be is, shocked at all if that was the case. I'm, I'm sitting here again going, but we're completists, so we have to complete this. But I, I don't even know what to say. It is, it is just so bringing in this, in this, this stupid prosecutor. Oh, well, yeah, but that's next episode. That's next episode. Oh, that's let's, next episode. Let's stay well, on Lamina first. Well, yeah. So, but, uh, so he is, says to, and so they're going to bring down uh, all of the money's crumbling. All right, all of the like, there's no way to get uh, the drug kingpin his money back that fast. So Guzman starts planning his exit strategy. 
Yeah, but right. why does this guy want his money that fast anyway? Well, like, no, because of bad writing. Because they need to artificially create a clock to motivate I, I all the characters. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I'm I mean, just saying, we've already said it's terrible. Sense. We don't have to dwell on how awful it is. We've already said it's awful. I mean, he would not show up with these gunmen and start... Walk into a bank and start threatening people. No, it's crazy. Oh, this insane. is crazy and insane and has no basis in any like level he of has, reality. He's the head of a drug cartel. He has people he can send to do this. You know, there's no reason for him to show up in America. Like, it's but not only that. Bonkers. But, okay, but he had to have been planning this for six to eight months because look at the length of his beard. I know, he's got this crazy hobo beard and long shaggy hair so he can make it on like in, in a fake passport. So this whole time you were planning to come to America last, at some point anyway? The last six or eight months, that, that we're supposed to think that he's come because they've lost all the money because that's what Michael said would happen. Yeah. Right. But no, to, to look like this because it is real. Because yep. we see them. We see him get shaved. We and see his him haircut. get shaved. And it's his not haircut. just a disguise. Yep. No. So yeah. I'm just going. It's crazy. Okay. Did, did nobody vet these two episodes? Well, no. It's like they're so desperate to wrap up the story. At this point, they don't even care if it makes sense. So yeah, it is It is bonkers irritating these episodes and how fast they zip through. And it's like, and then so Frank, uh, he says to Frank, the, the whole business is crumbling. Give me the file on all of the evil stuff Guzman has been doing to move drugs so I can give it to my father so he won't have to read it in the newspaper. Right. That this hero of his is evil. Right. <laughs> Like, and of course, Frank doesn't want to do it, but he does it anyway, because I, I don't know why Frank's doing anything he does at this point. <laughs> like, they yes. have completely abandoned Frank as a character at this point in the show. Yeah, well, answering the phone, Shirley Temple is probably, you know. Yeah, this is close to the character that we know and love that we get anymore, just because it's like, well, they've got nothing for, for Frank to do anymore, because they have not created a complicated, thorny, moral issue for Michael to deal with. And oh. so you don't have Frank there to act as a voice of reason. And the thing is, like, if they had gone through with the fact that everything Guzman is doing is being done with the blessing of the United States government, you actually would have needed Frank as a moral center to keep Michael in line. Because what would be the point of fighting against this if every little bit of this has been part of the CIA and CIA's mission has been to get rid of Castro at any costs. And this is just what they're willing to do it. And you could have created this conflict where it's like the thing we say we want the most, getting rid of Castro, and the CIA is willing to do all of these horrible, inhumane things. Like how many people are getting mass murdered all throughout Central America for the anti-communist, like literally people just showing up and machine gunning entire villages for the exact same anti-communist beliefs that all of these guys get together once a year and celebrate at their Bay of Pigs. Yeah. So it's like, that's the stuff these, this arc could have addressed. And, and instead, you know, yeah. they're just not, it stops and it's just like, actually, the, our only message now is that drug cartels are bad. 
Like, what? Like, and, and the thing is, we can't even say that they didn't want to do this. Friggin' Vinny died trying to stop the mass murder of leftists in El Salvador. Trying to expose the mass murder of leftist uh, religious people uh, in El Salvador, right? And and then the show has just abandoned what the entire arc should be about with the message of, oh no, wait, drug cartels are bad. That's that's really what we wanted to be talking about this whole time. They do what are you doing? And they do evil things. Have you have you watched the end of this? Two episodes. Oh my god. All right. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. I, I'm finding it really hard to talk about this. But it's like, what's there to say? It's so stupid and it's so abrupt. And they're like, they're afraid to talk about what this entire series was supposed to be about, which is his dad's fervor for anti-communism created men like Guzman. Yeah. And instead, they're just like, no, he just got drunk with the power that should have been going towards anti-communism. No! <laughs> the desperation yeah, I... to keep capitalism going is what creates men like Guzman. Like, men like Guzman is what you're fighting for when you want to bring back democracy to Cuba, when you want to get rid of communism. You're fighting for the right of men like Guzman and the stuff he does to exist. Yeah. And the first episode feels like it's going to be willing to say that, and then it just, it all falls apart. It is just, you know, I mean, I can't imagine... I, 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 I just, it, it is so bad. Yeah. Right. That you, you can't even imagine why they did this other than there was some kind of external pressure to do it this way. Yeah. Um, you needed, because if you were setting this, because it's Michael who explained, yeah. Yeah. who gives Guzman kind of the way out yep. and how, yep. well, yes, he just kind of, you know, it probably happened slowly over time and it was this, that, and the other thing. No, wait a sec here. <laughs> this was a man who was corrupted from the beginning. Yes. Before the Bay of Pigs. Yes. He Absolutely. Had he had to have been. And you just liked that he was corrupt on your side. And what I love in this, I do love though, that Guzman is like, has seen through all of the ideology and understands now that this is really just all about capitalism. He's like, it was never about democracy versus tyranny. It's all about the money. There's no states, there's just money. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's right though. Yes, but it's the bad guy that says it. I know. It's but not good. Michael Santana. It's not who Michael comes Santana up. who it's like, but he tell, but he's telling it to Michael and asking Michael to wake up, and Michael doesn't. Yeah, no, Michael just. And it's no, like you, you yes, Guzman. And by the way, it bothers, and it, this especially bothers me to have Wise Guy doing this because that's what the entire Roger Lococo arc is about. Like the entire Roger Lococo arc is about 
how it's really at the end of the day just about money and ideology is a thing we use to trick people into letting us control them. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. He was turned into a soldier for capitalism by ideology and by a life of brainwashing. And at the end of the day, it was just about, you know, the companies that were going to show up and exploit Haiti. Because that's yeah. all it's ever been about in Haiti. What company can show up and exploit Haiti? Who's going to make the money? And how can, I how can we ensure that it's us? And it's or, like, or as John here said, what you have to do is find out where the money is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. like just where's where the money? Is, where's where's the, money? the money? And that's the story. And what what frustrates me so much about this scene is you go from like this being the message that is the climax of the entire Roger Lococo arc. And it's like the thing that wakes Roger up to the way of the world and is explicitly the message of the show. Yes. And you take that message and then here we are three years later with the villain saying it as like a crazy desperate last ditch thing. Like, what? Say what? And Michael completely ignores him. Oh. It's so frustrating. <laughs> well, it just, I mean, it just, I mean, if you, it's like, I've got enough things to be depressed about this week. I know, I know. Last we should stop week. dwelling on this part of it. You know, we're 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 in the third week of the Russia, the beginning the invasion of invasion of Ukraine. Russia, yeah, invasion of Ukraine, the war. Yeah, that Biden doesn't want to start a third world war over, and has um, and will not. You know, I I I mean, I make a lot of predictions on this show, and they're mostly wrong. I'm confident that Biden's not going to start shooting Russians. Uh, well, anyway, anyway, you, as far we, as you're as listening to this right. two months in the future, you'll know whether I was right or wrong. Yeah, you'll know whether whether <laughs> whatever happened, right? Because, yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, I have been depressed. I've had to sort of deal with different different people and things like this who are just stressed to boot. Yeah. Um, plus, today, one my, my my little Russian who who didn't understand that Russia was bombing Ukraine until her sister told her. Oof. You know, her sister told her she's just, just getting Russian media, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, and her sister said no. And she said they're bombing Kiev then. And this poor woman, right? And all of a sudden, all these, and I don't know how she's going to handle it because her English isn't as good as it could be to explain all of how she's feeling. We just went back to doing other things. So anyway, let's get back to this episode. Well, no, I understand why it's so frustrating to you yeah. that Wise it's Guy, the show that's supposed to be about this stuff, is suddenly, pro you know, propagating this ridiculous American propaganda. Like this ridiculous, oh, well, no, it's really just corruption. Everything's fine with capitalism. Everything's fine with democracy. It's all perfectly healthy. It's just there's like three corrupt guys who care more mon about money than the ideology, and they're the ones who are ruining it. Yeah. Like, we that, No, I mean, all through the last three years, what we have got is there is something rotten in the core of the system. Yep. That's that what Capitalism is the problem. That yeah, has been the message over and over and over again show. of this show. Yeah. Yes. And some of it comes from criminals. Some of it comes from Vinny. Some of it comes from Frank. 
Yep, but that's consistently been the message. Yeah, I, well, until, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, consistently been the message right to the end where you have the arch-capitalist yeah. changing his mind entirely. Having his come-to-Jesus moment, which yeah. is really a, you know, Jimmy Stewart moment, but one that's much more earned. It, you know? It's earned because he, well, it's, well, it's because it turns out his sheriff was yeah was serial, serial killer. killer. I know. You know, and ultimately that was when the change began. Yep. And for and him. And he started seeing the corruption that he had been a party to. Uh, yeah. And so all of a sudden, right? So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And that's how it, basically it ends. Yep. You know, and you're just going, okay, this is consistent. All of a sudden you've got this reversal. What? Because it's friggin' Cuba? Yep. So I, you know, and I just... And, yeah, and you're right. I mean, maybe there's external pressure. Maybe the fact that they actually aimed their sights of the problems with capitalism and the problems with American problems with power on this sacred cow of Fidel Castro in Cuba, you know? Yeah. And it's like, dude, Michael, your father's not a hero. His fanaticism is what allowed Guzman and people like him in the CIA to get away with everything they did. Rather than grow up. Rather than grow up. And understand things weren't perfect. Yeah, I in know. In Cuba, but, right, it had a dictator. And as long as, as long as you're not the one that goes to jail for saying the wrong thing. Yep, which by the way, happened a hell of a lot of time when Batista was running things. Oh, Batista He had his political prisons too. He was a monster. Yep. Batista. Oh, There's he was. a reason why basically most of the Cuban people other than these emigres that ran out yep. with their money or not their money. You mean the middle class. The frigging middle class loves fascists. You know? The landed middle class loves fascists because they're gonna they know how tenuous their position is. And the fascists promise that they'll keep you in the position of authority and we won't let those poor people take everything you have. That's why the fascists are always happy to sign up the middle class. You know, and that's what happened in Italy. That's what happened in Germany. You know, yeah. it's like the bankers will be fine whenever. It's the middle class that props up the fascists. Well, no, you know, and it's just like one of my students this, this week was, well, are you okay on Sunday? Are you okay with one dollar? <laughs> $2 a liter gas? And I okay. said, yes. Of course. That's fine. I said it was pay we were paying two fifty a liter when we lived in France in the 70s. Yeah. It's not like it's anything new. And Russia can't be allowed to do this. And if this is the price that I, as an individual, this is my little piece that I can say I support Ukraine. Yeah. I am not going to complain about gas prices. Exactly. Oh, Excuse gas prices are up because of because yeah, we have to stop Putin? Great. I'm just glad they're not asking me to pick up a rifle. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, all I have to do is pay more for gas and we're going to get rid of Putin? I don't have to, like, go across the world and start shooting people? Fine by me. <laughs> like, oh. imagine if we could have gotten rid of Hitler by just having to pay more for gas. Yeah. That's a hell of a deal. You know, and I mean, the real heroes here, like, like the heroes here are the people who are fighting him and the, and like, 
and Putin's the villain, but the people I have some of the most contempt for are the, like, people who don't want to be inconvenienced at all. Oh, yeah. We don't want to be. You know, it's just yeah. like... I Anyway, it is... Um, it is, in some ways, really bizarro world. And this episode... Well, it's triggering a lot of stuff in us for, I think, very clear reasons. Yeah. As, like, this is... We're watching these two episodes at the time when all sorts of things are happening that are just horrendous. Yep. And, um... And are caused say, by all the same things. And I will say that Cuba abstained from voting. They might yep. not have voted... With they Russia, might, but they abstained. Well, no, yeah. They might not have voted with Russia the way they used to, but they sure as hell didn't, like, they didn't, uh, they abstained, and that's a huge step. That is a huge step for them. Yeah. All right, so, uh, back to the episode. Everything's crumbling. Uh, you know, Hillary sabotages the deals. He makes his getaway plan. Guzman makes his getaway plan by like going to the CIA operative and say, you know, I know you have the connections necessary to get me out of the country. Get me out of the country and I've got $10 million in a bank account for you. And of course, the guy being the CIA is like, you know what? Fine. <laughs> because he's also like, by the way, I also have a file of all of the hundreds of tons of cocaine I moved for you. And all of the people, like the death squad people I moved around for you. Like, I've got a lot on the United States government. Well, on the CIA. On the CIA, well, yes. This, well, it's part of the United States government. Well, here's, but here's the point, right? Here's the point. The biggest problem about all of this is this compartmentalization. Yeah. Into yeah. people. Yes. It's not the system. It's just these It's just this one guy we see. Yeah. Yes, I mean, even Michael goes on this rant about the beauty of America, you know? God, you know. I know. I mean, and this after his, yeah, if I hadn't been Cuban, what, he didn't believe that? If he hadn't been Cuban, he the wouldn't The beautiful speech he made, they wouldn't have destroyed his career? That beautiful and 100% true speech he made? Yeah. Suddenly he's forgot about all of that and just adores America again? Who the hell are you, Michael? Yeah, you know. And all of these guys did their acting really well with a straight face. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah they did the job. Right? And, <laughs> uh, but the point is, they, uh, and Guzman uh, kills the, once again, uses his, uh, the tiny gun he keeps on him at all times to murder the uh, cartel hitmen who are watching him. Then he flees with all of his cash. And then they arrest, uh, they arrest the, the mobster. They arrest, uh, you know, they arrest the mobster who comes to pick up his money. And Michael and Frank are waiting for them to arrest him, which is a nice touch. And I'm like, kind of blowing your cover there, Michael, uh, to just show up and take part in the arrest the way you do. But you know what? At this point in the show, who cares, right? Who cares? <laughs> and then uh, he gets... <laughs> Yeah. And then we get a little scene where uh, Michael's dad confronts Guzman at the airport about how he betrayed everything. And of course, Guzman is like, if you still believe in things, you're a sucker. I'm like, yeah. and, shoots him. and shoots him. But he's fine. Don't worry. He's fine. He's fine. Yes. Right. He's fine. Don't worry. Michael's dad's going to be fine. 
Yeah, uh, you don't have to worry. He didn't no. shoot him. I mean, he specifically because they are friends and he does care about him. And he says that like you're not, you don't really care about. Uh, like this isn't what it's about. You're not mad because I betrayed the cause. You're mad because your son loves me more than he loves you, is what Guzman says to his father. And God, I wish they had set that up. Yeah. (laughs) That could have been a really powerful moment had they set it up beyond two scenes in the gift, you know? (laughs) And three lines of dialogue in the gift. Wow, this could have been a powerful moment had they in any way done the work. Yeah. Yes, as we know from Michael, it's not true. So. And it's like, God, if only there was some truth to that in the way that frigging Vinny loved Sonny Steelgrave. Yeah. That Sonny Steelgrave was like the closest that like the the man who let him be the guy he always dreamed of being on some level. Yeah. Like who is this amazing figure who pulled him in with his charisma. And we got friggin' 11 hours of that to establish that instead of two scenes in one episode. <laughs> You know, anyway, then Guzman runs away to the San Salvadoran embassy. Well, no, El Salvador. San Salvador Salvador. is the capital of El Salvador. Yes, I know. El Salvadorian embassy. Embassy. And so we know, and they're going to be free. Because, of course, that's who he was moving the death squads for. That's who he does some of his drug dealing for. They love him in El Salvador. So he's going to be able to escape. And in case this, any of this, if you've been watching the whole thing, and if you did the reading which is what I call watching the shows we told you to watch because I like to use inappropriate (laughs) terminology for things. Sure, why not? Did your homework. You will have watched the show, uh, you will have watched the show Crime Story. And you might be thinking, wait a minute, a climax where suddenly they all have to go to a South American, a Central American (laughs) country to find the main mobster who fled from them? That sounds familiar to me. And yes, they're just doing crime story again. (laughs) And it didn't work all that well. It didn't work in crime story. It sure as hell doesn't work here. (laughs) Why are you just doing crime story again? Like... What the hell were you thinking, wise guy? Don't you remember when Crime Story got canceled? And how the entire point of wise guy was supposed to be learning the lessons that you like the mistakes, fixing the mistakes you made when you were making Crime Story. And now this arc has literally the exact same ending as Crime Story, except they don't all die in a plane crash. (laughs) All right. I guess they need change yeah. the ending. I you need to know. change the ending. But oh my god. All right, so now we get to witness protection for the arch archangel uh Lucifer, <laughs> which is the final episode of this arc and in many ways the last episode of Wise Guy being any way shape or form a show you will recognize as being Wise Guy. Yeah. And I mean, and that sounds like hyperbole, but when you hear what comes next, you'll find out that it isn't hyperbole at all. But like <laughs> To the extent that there is a show called Wise Guy, it ends with episode 406, Witness Protection for the Archangel Lucifer. Sorry, episode 405, Witness Protection for the Archangel Lucifer. Well, it Uh, depends on whether or not you... You count the first episode as one or two episodes, I know. Yes, and I think IMDb calls it two episodes. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like Fruit of the Poisonous Tree, part one and two. Yeah. All right, so we open in El Salvador where he has fled where Guzman has fled. 
and he calls Michael because, again, he, like, and this is the stuff that would have been so fascinating had they explored it. He's, he's getting to be an old man, and he never had any kids of his own. And it's like, if they had dug into how important Michael's approval of him is, God, these scenes would be more meaningful, and you would understand why it's so vital to him to get Michael on the phone and to get Michael out of jail and make sure that Michael doesn't suffer any legal ramifications for his actions. Because that's, that's the bait they're using to find this guy, right? Is that he still wants to see Michael and he still wants Michael in his life. And God, this could have been powerful had that been set up in any meaningful way, shape, or form. Well, you know? but you would have had to have had, as well, I said this in, earlier on, yeah. That, yeah. that you don't know why Michael Santana turned on Guzman. No, you never We did. are never given enough of a rationale to explain. Yeah, just that. that because yeah. he, they must have had a, a better falling out of some. Yeah, they had a, well, of course they did. He was his father's hero and, his, yeah. and took care of him when his father was in jail and paid his way through law school. Yeah. Where, why did they have this falling out? Yeah, and we don't, and we don't know. Because spoiler alert, Later in the episode, we find out that, I mean, I'm just jumping ahead because what does it matter? Guzman is the one who destroyed his career. Career, yeah. He's the one who bribed the cop to create the fruit of the poisonous tree situation. And as he says it, now a regular man would have just, uh, would have just like reported it and taken the loss. But you're too much like me. You would have to try and get the win anyway, but I made sure to bribe the cop to bring it all down. Like, you would cheat to win because you're just like me, and I knew it would destroy your career, and I knew that would bring you back to me. Like, that is his motivation. And I'm like, oh my God, this could have been powerful had any of that been set up. Yeah, yeah, had any of that been set up. Like, and had he act, his, had his feelings really been as meaningful to him, has, had um, Guzman's feelings about him and what Guzman thinks of him been as meaningful as the show wants us to think, this could have been a powerful arc. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and of course, we're given this little snippet, like they're, they're bunching all these little snippets, it's this little snippet when Michael talks to Cecil Hoffman, we yep. never remember her name. Um, Hillary Stein. Oh yes, Hillary Stein. When he talks to Hillary and says, "Well, yes, but but you know, I had all of this stuff, and he has all of this stuff on Guzman, and this is what he was doing." And and yes, well, she said, "Well, why didn't you call a grand jury?" Well, I was going to. <laughs> okay. Okay. But why did he start this in the first place? Exactly. We have no understanding of what made Michael turn on Guzman. Yeah. And, you know, and and I think that's the biggest flaw. Of this entire arc. Uh, I mean, to make any of this work, you have to have set up those two relationships, just like you did with Vinny and Sonny. Yep. Vinny and Sonny, that relationship, Vinny... Got sucked in and had a hard, hard time. Turning on Sonny. Well, again, as happens at the end of the show, he did everything he could, not just to save Sonny's life, but to ensure that, as he says, you would have had a position you could bargain from. 
Yeah. Like you, like you were going to get away with it. Yeah. But you had to go and kill Pat the Cat in front of everybody. I made sure that they were going to come in and save your life before the funeral, before the hit was going to go down. Like I was going to like, I did everything I could for you and you screwed this up. I didn't screw this up. Wedding. Yeah. The wedding. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. I know. Uh, (laughs) It's embarrassing, but we all, we all know what happened. Uh, But anyway, so it's, it's such like, to look at how good they did a relationship like this in the past. Yeah. And to see how badly they're do- botching it here. It's just, it, it makes you so frustrated for the show that we used to yeah. love. Because, yeah, because this could have been so because this was his childhood. You know, yep. and so you don't, but you, we don't have any, you, you would have to paint all of this in and we're not given any clues. We would have made it 10 episodes with him and Guzman and his dad and him talking to Frank about his childhood and like yeah, we would have needed so much maybe flashbacks like there would have like we would have needed so much to make this work and there's a good story and again you could have done a lot more with what the CIA is up to in Central America during this whole time cuz spoiler alert and this is something that the show never addresses you think the CIA never really addresses the CIA must have signed off on Vinny getting targeted by a hit squad. Like, they know everything the Guzman is doing. They knew everything. And Vinny was, like, suddenly working against their fascist interests in Central America. Like, they at least turned a blind eye to it. Hell, maybe they signed off on it. And, I mean, it wouldn't have been high up in the CIA, but it would have been the guy whose job it is to keep track of what's going on in El Salvador, you know? Cause it's like they flew in to America to abduct and murder an FBI agent. And they had reason to believe that they would have no problem getting away with doing that because the CIA covered for them. And like whether the CIA knew about it in advance or whether the CIA was happy to just cover for it after it happened, the CIA signed off on this at some point because they only cut the guys loose after the head of the local FBI says, we'll go to war over this. And then even after they cut the guy loose, they don't give them the person in charge and they make sure they know to murder everybody who was actually involved in the abduction. Yeah. So it's like the CIA is actively covering up the murder of an FBI agent. Because... Yep. <laughs> like, the FBI says, we need to know the guys who did this. And the CIA is like, okay, here's the guys who murdered your FBI agent. We'll just, here's their names. Here's who they are. Go, we'll, we'll have them brought over. And all they bring over are corpses. So, like, the, the stuff they wanted to do, based on those first two episodes, is genuinely interesting. And it makes it all the more frustrating, the disaster that this arc turned into. It's, that it had the potential to say something about what the CIA and the U.S. government has been doing to Central America for over a hundred years. Oh, yeah. And then you get the stupid prosecutor who's going to prosecute this. Okay, yeah. All right. So they well, go let's down. Let's talk about that. All right, they, go down to, they go down to El Salvador. And, oh, God. They go down to El Salvador and there's like, uh, and they abduct Guzman because, you know, screw you, national sovereignty. 
Oh, no, no. Remember, the Supreme Court hadn't. Oh, hasn't. no, they actually haven't weighed in on whether it's legal or not to kidnap people in other countries and bring them back to America. Yeah, and, and then as, he says, and then as he says to Hillary, well, your people didn't let Eichmann go. <laughs> as if this is the Holocaust. As if <laughs> this is comparable to killing six million Jews. Yeah, in, it's, in, it's Adolf uh, Eichmann. Cremata crematoriums. Yep. She says, no, Castro I know. was not a Hitler. No, and this isn't even Castro. This is I know. just this is just a banker for the Medellin drug cartel. Yeah. And he's equating that. He's equating the war on drugs to the Holocaust. Yeah. Jesus. I, I don't know. Yeah. Who I mean, wrote that? But this is what I'm going. Who wrote this stupid thing? Yeah. Go like, look. How far has this thing fallen? If this is the kind of crap Frank is saying now. It's uh, so uh, yeah. Michael, it, Michael who said that. Well, yeah, so it's Michael who said that. Sorry. Yes, Michael who said that one. Yes. Yeah. But it's not like Frank is against any of these opinions. So did they call her Hillary? What? Why? I don't know. Okay. I just foreshadowing. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I think the rise of Clintons hadn't really happened yet when this no, season happened. Yeah. So it was just an amazing coincidence. Oh, oh my God, this show. All right, so. Uh, but the Bushes are in power. The Bushes are in power. Bush, yeah. Bushes Bush, are in who power. was the head of the CIA. Yep. Well, no, and that's the funny part is like, this is like the extent to which the show is criticizing, you know, the age of Reagan and the age of Bush and the CIA and the U.S. government and capitalism is frigging daring. And to have it end this way is, it's so insulting to the first three years of the show. And as you say, it really makes you wonder if phone calls were made that told them you can't do a show about all of the evil stuff that the CIA is doing in Central America. And the CIA just has to be represented as one bad corrupt dude. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about the CIA other than this one bad corrupt dude. And you're like... You missing the point entirely, guys. Well, no, I think that, yeah, I, who knows? I mean, it must have been, I honestly wish. Yeah. You know, you could, you could find out why this happened. Yeah. Honestly, because it's just the driving, the drive has gone. Yeah. I don't know. It is, um, I, it, it is just such a, Waste. I mean, this whole thing, the stupid trial thing and that, you know. And All right. And now let's get to just the most insulting stuff that happens at the end of the show because it gets oh, really gosh. insulting. So um, there is so much love for Guzman and now so much anger at Guzman all throughout the uh, <laughs> all throughout uh, Miami that obviously he can't get a fair trial there. So they're going to move his trial to New York. And we get a whole, uh, we get a whole conversation, right? We get this whole extended conversation about how, uh, like whether Michael can testify and how, you know, he's, uh, and then he, he reveals himself and that he's a traitor. Like he reveals himself as a traitor to, uh, Guzman. Guzman. And then, and then he tells him who, that he 
destroyed his career. Guzman tells me destroyed. And of course, career. he's going to have to testify because the guy they had, the courier who brought all of the money up from the Medellin drug cartel, has been right, killed. Has been killed or killed himself or whatever. Who the hell knows? While in government protection, we don't actually know what happened. We just know he's dead. And so Michael's going to have to testify. And then we get one last scene with his girlfriend during which he proposes marriage. And I'm like, oh, well, she's about to get killed. Yes, that's uh, exactly it. The first, the first time you saw it, you already knew, okay, there's the death sentence. And, but it's like, and it's so insulting to all of the characters because it's like, yes. oh, you think they're not going to go after your fiancé? It's the Canadian drug curta. Why was she not under protection? Yeah. So what happens? He goes to testify, and then this guy shows up, right, with uh, the necklace he gave her to propose, and is like, "If you don't, you know, spike your testimony, uh, you're gonna, like, we're gonna murder her." And then he spikes his testimony, and then they murder her. Yeah, and why he doesn't know that is yeah. beyond me. Like, how does no one see this coming? Yeah, how does no one see this coming? That I mean, this is this is just writing across the board this is like the worst of criminal minds writing yeah exactly like like it is they are in such a hurry to get out of this story that they have just abandoned every like every logical part of it like yeah. it's all gone like every logical every bit of character writing they're just throwing it all away it is it's frustrating <laughs> yeah you know? It is frustrating watching these episodes. So now that she's dead, there's only one person who can do anything. Hillary has to testify. And of course, she's being threatened and people are breaking into her mother's house. So she doesn't want to testify either, but he gives her a little speech because of course he does. <laughs> and then she testifies. And then she testifies and Guzman has to take witness protection to uh, go against the Medellin drug cartel and then it gets somehow even dumber because, uh, and to testify against the men in drug cartel and tell them who in the El Salvadoran government put the or hit out on Vinny. Yeah, put the hit out on Vinny. So that's what they want from him and that's what he's going to get for his witness protection. And then, because they need to wrap this up in a package and they hate subtlety, <laughs> they have him say, well, Remember, he has just betrayed the government of El Salvador, right? That is what has just happened in the plot. And he demands that in, you know, in exile, in his witness relocation place, he needs to have servants, and he specifically requests they bring him his El Salvadoran butler? <laughs> like, what am I watching? So, are you watching Suicide by Butler? Like, what? The Butler I did it? Basically. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> that's what we're supposed to take away that he knew that if he brought that guy up, the guy, he would yeah, kill the, him. yeah, he would kill me. Because it's like, how else could someone be this stupid, you know? Yeah. We'll assume could... that Maximilian Shell is not this stupid and he and actually he... brought him up to kill him. How's yeah. that? Yeah, no, I mean, maybe, I guess, but, and, but there's the weird subtext in this scene is, you know, and this is, I mean, you can tell me if I'm reading in the subtext, but like the CIA had to get those guys into the country, right? 
Somebody had to get those guys into the country. And it's got to be the CIA and it's got to be them closing the loop on yeah. Guzman so he can't ever turn on the CIA. Yeah, I mean, that that I would recognize as this thing because the CIA guy has got $10 million in his pension fund. Exactly. In the Cayman so, Islands or wherever. Yeah, he's got his money and he's destroyed all the files. And the only person left tying him to all of this stuff is Guzman, so he takes out Guzman. Like, it's it's all that really makes sense. Yeah. And, and that's the unbelievably abrupt ending. The decks have been cleared. Michael's father no longer believes in Guzman. Guzman's dead. Michael's fiance is dead. Michael's moved back to New York. Like, it's, it's all in a move to New York. The show's over, basically. <laughs> but not before they, like, frigging abandoned everything that the show was supposed to mean. Yes, and don't forget the white hand. The, the last thing we see we is see the white hand, the white hand on, on the wall. wall. Which is the, what the, was then, the obsession in that whole credits. first episode. And then, boom, <laughs> back to credits. <sighs> it was such an absurd two episodes but it's the last so one was frustrating. just so bizarre it's just so frustrating yeah like that they botched their show so thoroughly and completely in every way they possibly could you know and it might be i mean what like, year would have this have been 1990 you know this is this is right when so bush would have to you know he's just uh, going into his midterms, you know, things are about to go badly for him. It's like he wants to keep everybody quiet about the CIA and the Iran-Contra stuff. It's, I mean, it's it's frustrating. Yeah. Like, who the hell knows? Like, maybe calls were made and they were saying, the government was saying, you can't do a show about this subject because it's too close to home. Like, it was one thing when it was about, you know... Il Pavo, and we weren't talking about any specific thing, but this is literally talking about the CIA teaming up with the drug cartels to fund anti-communist murderers, you know, mass murderers in Central America. And they're using the names of the actual countries. Spoiler alert, El Salvador's a real place where all of this stuff was really happening. Yeah. Like, maybe it just got too real for the network. And they said you had to dump out of it because, like, all of the options they had, all the opportunities they had, right, to make this season about something real go away in the last, in this awkward last two episodes. Oh, it's frustrating. It just yeah. makes me so mad because of, like, the potential they had to do something real, you know? Like they had the potential to say something and do something real and be meaningful. And they just, they throw it all away. They throw it all away and they irreparably damage the show's legacy. Yeah, because... but just remember that it's under Bush one. Yeah. Right, that we had the first Gulf, the Gulf War, right? Yeah, no, we had the first Gulf War. And when did the Gulf War start? I'm 91. Just... And, uh, yeah. It happened Gulf in 91. War. Yep. Happened in 91. 
And you can say that uh, uh, that was something Bush did I'm in order to shore up his... Well, because remember, like, this is all happening in the shadow of... Iraq yeah. invaded Kuwait in 1990. Wasn't it late 1990? August. Oh, it was August. Okay, so yeah, this is all happening in the shadow of the Iraq... Actually, there you go. All right, I think we might have figured it out, everybody. I think we might have figured out what happened to season four of Wise Guy. Because think about when they would have shot the first two episodes. They would have shot them before the invasion. And they would have had a whole arc planned about how frigging evil the United States government is. Yeah. And their whole arc would have been planned out. And then America went to war right as they wrapped production on these episodes... And they're like, oh my god, nobody, and they would think nobody wants to watch a TV show about how frigging evil the U.S. government is throughout Central America. We have to dump out of this right now. Okay, yeah, because, you figured it out for me. Okay, because it was November 1990. That America actually went. That in. the United Nations Security Council approved a resolution, a resolution, resolution. authorizing the use of force if Iraq did not withdraw from, from Kuwait. Kuwait. Yeah. There you go. So January 1991 is, yep. of course, <laughs> Hussein didn't, and that was they it. went in. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, I mean, you're not like it's not crazy for you to say that. It, I guess it is entirely possible yeah. that the result of the that this this arc, this abortive, disastrous arc, is the result of the network saying we can't ha be making quote unquote anti-American television when we're about to go to war. Yeah, I, I think that, um, that yeah, that might have happened because, okay, so I need to find out when it first aired. Well, no, I mean, I can tell you that right now. I've got the episode okay. listed here. All right, so, uh, okay, Witness Protection for Arch Archangel Lucifer. So let me just go back to um, uh, the previous episode. Yeah, Witness Protection for Archangel Lucifer was December... 1990. Oh, 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 oh yeah. yeah. Lamina, December 1990. The Gift, November 19. So just as the war was starting, they were airing these episodes. Black Gold, November 17th. And yeah, yeah Fruit of the Poisonous Tree was in November. Oh, yeah. And they would have, again, they would have shot it in the summer before the invasion. And yeah. they would have looked at all of this stuff coming. And yeah. been like, we have to completely rewrite this. And we have to completely change what this arc is about. And we have to get out fast because America is not going to want to hear about what's going on in Central America while they're getting ready to go and bomb Iraq. Yeah. 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 Oof. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I guess uh, we have to take back some stuff we said about the show. Because it does really look like, because we, I mean, we don't take back anything we said about how the show, um, you know, ruined everything the show was supposed to be about. It did that. Yeah. But we can get rid of our wondering why it did that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm looking at this and I'm going, yeah, there was a There was a good reason. They had a really good reason to undercut their entire message. Yeah. Somebody higher up, very powerful, was telling them to undercut their message. <laughs> that can telling be the them, only thing. Yeah, it's the only thing. reasonable explanation yeah. for how the show would so thoroughly abandon 
the stuff it was set up to do and the stuff it was capable of doing with this storyline. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I didn't think we would end this on such a tragic note. I thought we would just get to be mad at this and go home. Yeah. But it's gone from just something that frustrates us to a literal tragedy because, like, this show losing the chance to tell this story means yeah. that it's like Americans didn't get to hear this story. Yeah. So you know? it and was... Because, like, Americans heard, like, because they all watched the Iran-Contra hearings, right? So yeah. America heard horror stories of everything the Contras did. Right? They heard the horror stories of these people. Yeah. But... The thing is, their fiction didn't make the connection that Wise Guy was willing to make, yeah. which was, this is all because of America and its, you know, and its dedication to capital to brutalist capitalism at all costs, yeah. right? To that, like, to protect the systems of money at all costs, and that's why these horrible things are happening in Central America. Because I mean, I'm not saying the Sandinistas are perfect. I'm saying the Sandinistas nationalized all the friggin' farmland, yeah. you know, <laughs> and started making food cheap for the people and not enslaving people to work for multinational corporations. And all of those multinational corporations got together and helped work with the CIA. And apparently the Unification Church, I'm finding out, <laughs> to pay a bunch of gorillas millions upon millions of dollars to go around mass murdering everybody until they took the country over. Well, Ugh, Nicaragua. Poor Nicaragua. Yeah. Raphael Lima wrote this episode. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I, just, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't, you can't do with what they were going to do and word came down. Sort that of, you're not allowed. You're going to have to. Now, you know, and, and you don't have, you know, Canal and Lupo only get created by. Yeah, they're not writing it anymore. No, they're not writing anymore. They're not running it anymore. So. And it's like, so you don't have the, and it's like, Canal's got to be worried about them, you know, buying his next show because he was always moving on to the next thing. So it's not like he's going to, it's not like he, during wartime, is going to go to the network and say, you know, it's like, I'm going to fight you. We have to make a show about how evil the CIA is. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put the rest of my career and ability to work in Hollywood at risk to keep doing season four of Wise Guy and tell a story about how, like, the fanaticism of anti-Castro uh, rebels and, like, uh, expatriates is used to fund horrible genocides in Central America. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that's the hill Stephen J. Cannell was looking to die on. Thank nah, you very and besides, much. he lost Ken Wall, so, you know. Yeah, exactly. Something would have been lost anyway. Yeah, no, I was, I thought about that, that it was going, because there right. was that original war with George H.W. Bush. At the same that time. That was Saddam Hussein. Because I don't you remember when I the remember. bombs went down into Baghdad and we were I all I remember all that. On? Yeah. Well, because I, it was the first televised war in that way. Yeah. They're like, let's watch missiles blow things up. And everyone was, was like, like should we really? Game. It did look like a video game. And then a lot of video games used that imagery. Yeah. It became this recursive cycle of, like, turning war into a spectator sport. It was kind of disgusting actually yeah and 
anyway, so. And that's the world we're living, I mean, the world we're living in now was created by CNN frigging fetishizing the war against Iraq back in 1991. It's, it's a lot yeah. of what created the world we live in today. Okay, well, we're going to talk more. I think we're going to talk more about that in a, in a different podcast. Yeah, in a different, you might have already heard us talking about that on a Sunday show, if you tune in for the Sunday shows. But, uh, yeah. okay, one, one note I wanted to leave you with before we stop talking about this. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know how uh, IMDb has trivia, right? Like little factoids about the show. Yeah. It'll yeah. be like casting or some stuff about a location. Just something fun. So uh, I noticed that there was a trivia, and most of these episodes don't have trivia listings. I noticed there was a trivia listing for witness protection for the Archangel Lucifer, and uh, I'm like, I wonder what the uh, I wonder what the trivia for that is, right? Yeah. And uh, and do you know what the trivia is? Tell me. At the time of this episode, Fidel Castro was the president of Cuba, and he did not believe in democracy. Fidel Castro was president from 1976 to 2008. Oh, <laughs> and I want to point out, the funny thing is, there is, like, it's, it's weird when you come in X amount of years later and look back. Yeah. And the belief, like, the father's belief, because it's among our last scenes in the episode, that, like, Men and Michael's belief and the father's belief and everybody that men like Castro won't last and there'll be democracy in Cuba again and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, I'm sitting here 32 years later and Cuba's doing fine. Yeah, you know, there are still people who want to get out, but, you know. There's still people who want to get out, but it's got, it's, it's doing okay, doing better than America in a bunch of ways. Like, the literacy rate in Cuba is higher than the literacy rate in America. And honestly, and we know. there's like, I mean, we've reached a point where 30 years later, America is closer to a civil war than Cuba is. Yeah. So, no, no, guys, you were, you, you didn't call this one right. Jeez. The yeah, arrogance of them, you know? It's the arrogance of them. That I always find so breathtaking. They're like, no, obviously we know. Obviously we're right. Obviously America. <laughs> and it's all right there in that line about how men like Castor won't last and blah, 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 blah. Uh, all right. So that's that. <laughs> that was Wise Guy, everybody. <laughs> I mean, we're still going to be her back here next week with... Um, the so embarrassing got, mess that they tried to turn Wise Guy into. We've got three episodes left. Are we going to do yeah. all three in one podcast? I mean, should we? None of them are particularly good. Yeah, let's just do the last three. And then uh, the week after that, we'll talk about the, uh, the, return, of, uh, the return of Vinny Terranova. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Vinny Terranova returns. He wasn't killed. He wasn't killed. Or quite possibly... Like, it not, might just not be that he just wasn't killed. It might literally be that, like, this, all of these episodes didn't happen in the continuity anymore. But that's a conversation we'll have after we watch the show. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll make that assessment based on what we think of the, about that TV movie. Which I'm looking forward to watching for the first time in 25 years. I haven't years. watched it in years. Yeah, not since it first came out. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that should be a lot of fun. And yes... 
uh, Canal Fan four five eight seven has also uploaded the movie to YouTube, so nobody's gonna have a hard time watching it because it's not like it got released on DVD or anything. <laughs> like this is one of those things that's impossible to find. Uh, so I guess uh, we'll see you back here next week for the last three episodes of season four of Wise Guy, which are Point of No Return, Dead Right, and Changing Houses. Ooh. Oh, come on. And yeah. they, they, if they you are... hear my groaning, you're going to find out why I'm groaning soon enough. Yeah, it, it, it is a groan, which is why I'm going... Let's just get it over with. Yeah, let's just get it over with. It's like we're doing Criminal Minds again. We'll do three episodes a week. Imagine how long it would have taken us. Imagine how long it would have taken us to cover Criminal Minds had we been only been doing two episodes a week. It would have taken us a third longer to do that show. Yeah, no, no, we'll do three episodes. We'd still be doing it now. Yeah, we're, we'll criminal, criminal, we are going to criminal minds the end of the Wise last, Guy. The end of Wise Guy. Because that's what? where it belongs. Absolutely. Oh, that's such a mean thing to say, but it's so true. All right, so uh, I guess join us back here for that next week. But until then, I want to thank you for listening and say that if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you have any suggestions for profiling-related fiction you think we should check out, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you're listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, you can just uh, rate and review it. That's how new people find the show. We'll see you back here next week for one more regular season wise guy. But until then, we'll say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks podcasting network.